This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. Welcome to Business Women Australia podcast, the podcast for ambitious women who are serious about business success and leadership development, keen to increase their knowledge and skills. Welcome to episode 13 of Business Women Australia podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, according to Australian Bureau of Statistics, one of the biggest challenges for businesses is to stick with it long enough to make enough money. And the failure rate is also attributed to a lack of financial understanding and lack of management ability. Now, add to that the changes many of us feel across many of our industries, we can truly say that disruption is a upon us. Now, if this is something that concerns you too, then today's guest is here to help out with her insights she'll be sharing today. Joining me on today's show is Pauline Bright. Pauline is an award-winning business owner and business coach who, over the last 12 years, has coached and trained hundreds of small business owners. She has owned 11 businesses over 35 years in advertising, design, consulting, retail, manufacturing, and wholesaling. She's also been profiled in national magazines had her design work distributed globally and been a trainer and a facilitator for major national companies. Pauline speaks engagingly about what it takes to be a success with plenty of practical instruction as well. She simplifies complex business strategies to make running a business easier, more enjoyable and more profitable. Now specifically on today's show, Pauline is going to share dealing with disruption. Is it a helpful influence or disaster waiting to happen? It's a great question to ask ourselves. Now, will we be the disruptor or will we be disrupted? She'll also talk about demystifying business, taking the dry, dusty and boring out of business to make it far more enjoyable and much easier to understand, as well as five key factors of disruption, internal and external forces that you can control when you are aware of them and so much more. So welcome to the show, Pauline. Thank you very much, Anne-Marie. Disruption is something that I love. It's an area that I'm quite passionate about myself. So I cannot wait for you to share more of those five key factors because many industries, as we said in the introduction, are dealing with change. Uh, some people, you know, enjoy change, but others can not so much. So it's certainly an area that uh, I'm sure many people will be looking forward to. Let's talk a little bit about disruption. Is it a helpful influence or disaster waiting to happen? Are we going to be the disruptor or the disrupted? In your experience in working with businesses and being in business across many various industries yourself, what's your take on that? Are people excited about the changes or not so much? 
Uh, most people are actually a bit worried about disruption, mm. but it's actually happening all the time and it's been happening forever, really. Yes. Um, it's the thing that drives innovation in business and sometimes when it happens to you, it feels dreadful. It mm. feels like it's something outside your control. But if you could take the attitude of looking forward in your business, you can um, anticipate some of those changes. Some you can't, but some you really can. And if you understand that disruption, when it happens in a way where you can feel it more in control of it, you can really use it to your advantage. Yeah, absolutely. I think also there's a saying now, isn't that, that with the change that's upon us, it's happening so quick that if we don't have the mindset around being able to adapt quickly and even have a foresight into keeping checking, you know, a finger on the pulse, so to speak, in our industries, but even things outside of our industry, what's going to impact us as far as technology and so forth is concerned. If we don't have that kind of approach, for many businesses, unfortunately, we will be left behind, won't we? Yes, and we can't we can't think of ourselves as silos. We exist in the world, and and we now we exist in a global environment. So what we have to do is look at what's happening in the world, what's happening in our industry, and even looking at you know what's happening in the stock market, what's happening in big corporate business, what's happening globally. If you can look at that and just work out where your place is in all of those things, and anticipate things that might bring changes to your industry, mm. then you're going to be a lot wiser. You're going to make different decisions. So you can't just think about you in your tiny community, although you do need to really look at your community. You need to just look a bit broader and you need to be educating yourself all the time. Yeah. I mean, you've got uh, 35 years in, in, in business and owned 11 businesses and among a number of different industries, advertising, design, consulting, retail and manufacturing and wholesaling. When you look back to, you know, the, the areas where you kept educating yourself. What were some of the key things? The reason I ask that as many business owners, as we know, we've got our day-to-day tasks. For those of us who have team, we've got to oversee that. So keeping our finger on the pulse and continuing to educate ourselves, it's like, oh, is that another thing that we need to do? But as we've said, it's important. What were some of the things that you used to, to, to um, continue educating yourself which allowed you to remain at the forefront of what you were doing? Well, I've always thought of business as being very exciting and unfortunately, when I went out looking for help, I would go to, you know, small business advisors, centres, things like that. Those were in the days before there were really business coaches mm. and I couldn't find the information I wanted. So, um, a lot of it was being um, taught by people who were teaching it in a very corporate sort of way, in language I couldn't even understand. It just didn't make any sense to me. So, um, I started just dabbling in, you know, like reading books or talking to people or just finding someone who was as interested and keen on business as I was yes. and and just finding people who would sit and have a chat, sit and, and help me work things out and even, you know, buying books as I went along, buying books like Accounting for Dummies, you know, just understanding that I didn't know enough about money mm. in my businesses and so buying books and I've got, you know, hundreds of books on my bookshelf and I've read about 100 books a year. And just educating myself and going and finding things about, well, I don't know enough about that. Let's go find out. And so, you know, I've invested a lot in my own self-education. So going to seminars and reading books and attending courses and things like that. And I think as soon as you realize that there's something you don't know, then that's the point where you need to go find out. Mm. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the uh, things, well, when I don't say it, I think I know. One of the things that one of my mentors will say is that leaders are readers. There is no way we can possibly know everything. And, you know, there's new information being shared, new techniques, new strategies, new processes. And if we're reading those or even listening to podcasts such as Business Women Australia, we really can at least start to understand things that we don't even realize are there. You know, we don't know what we don't know. And, and we need to, to really be aware of that. Let's talk about demystifying businesses, taking the dry, dusty and boring out of business to make it more enjoyable and much more easier to understand. Because once we do, we'll be far more open to continuing our learning process too, won't we? We will. And it's it's really funny. I'm a little bit of an eavesdropper when I go and sit in coffee shops. I find it fascinating listening to business people, having meetings and things and saying things like, oh, I don't worry about the money side of my business. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense to me. And so for me, that's that's the oil in the car. That's, yes. If you don't understand the money side of your business, then you don't really have an understanding of what's driving it, whether you're actually making money or not. All of the effort that you're putting into it, is it actually making money Mm -hmm. and I and I think the money side of it it's it's really funny because I do money workshops and they're the hardest ones to fill because people don't feel confident or competent in money and so they'd rather sort of it's almost like they hide they don't they don't want people to know that they're not good at money Mm -hmm. so they tend to just um they tend to sort of just fade back into the background and try not to be noticed about that. And and I did exactly the same thing. I'm I'm just as guilty as that. I used to have all these businesses and I'd be thinking, I love business, but why is it so dry, dusty and boring? And I just couldn't reconcile the two. And then um, I realized that it's not – these are things that you don't um, – learn overnight. It has to be a steady sort of progress of, of wanting to find things out for a purpose. So um, – when I embarked on the financial education, uh, I, and I used to sit and speak with my accountant as well, and then one day I was sitting there talking with her, and I understood everything she said. And I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> but I understood everything she said, and I was pinching myself, going, "I actually get this now," yes. and it was so empowering. And you know, that's the sort of education I like to give my clients as well. It's mm. it's just about let's let's get rid of all that confusing business speak and just talk about things in a very down-to-earth way and understanding that accountants are wonderful. I coach them. I love them. But mm. understanding that accountants have a language all of their own. And so that's why the book Business for uh, Accounting for Dummies was such a good book because it you understood that, okay, so um, – it, let's say income has lots of different thing, uh, different words for it. So it's income, revenue, sales, turnover, and then you talk about turnover in Australia. Is we're talking about our money turning over and our mm-hmm. and what we make in sales. But you talk about turnover in America, and that means turnover of staff. So you've really ah, yes. got to understand the language. Mm-hmm. I think also too, sometimes as women, we feel we don't, as you said, we don't want anyone to know that we don't know, but there's no such thing as a stupid question. And we need to, to we need to ask, as you said, if we don't know what's going on in our business in any area, whether it be marketing, whether it be our customer service levels, or whether it be our finance, it really is as the leader of our business, our obligation, it's a necessity. We have to know, even if we're asking someone, can you explain some of the key things that I need to be aware of uh, so that we can start to track and monitor and, and know what's going on in our business. Mm. And and I think what really scares me is to 
see people put so much focus on marketing before they've understood the money side of the business Mm -hmm. because you could market yourself right out of business. Yes, absolutely. You you could actually be marketing something that doesn't make a decent profit, that you're almost giving it away. You're not understanding about margins and um, markup and things like that. And if you don't understand those really basic things, you could be – throwing good money after bad. Yeah. I remember um, my background, believe it or not, is so far from what I started, but was in fine and book, bookkeeping and then, you know, studying accountancy. I got actually got to the law section of, of it and went, you know what, I think I'm just going to switch. And then I went into HR and, and pe- more the people aspect. But so I certainly do have a, you know, solid understanding of finance. There are certain aspects that we can get excited about once you, you're tracking your income and you see that going up. Are there ways? in which you can minimize your expenditure and why I share this is because when I was doing bookkeeping many many decades ago I remember taking over some books and that unfortunate company when I went through their books and did a bit of an audit uh, their previous bookkeeper had been um, taking funds out and and cashing it yeah it was fraudulent now that was a company or small business who put all of their trust and faith in their bookkeeper but had not been asked can you explain this and there was you know tens of thousands of dollars that had gone missing that's the kind of thing that can happen if we don't take interest in our finances Mm, and ignorance isn't bliss. So no, not, well, not in that no case. For them. No, absolutely, absolutely. The taxation department won't let you get away with that anyway. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. So let's talk about the five key factors of disruption. There's internal and external forces that we can control when we're aware of them. Let, let's get aware of each of these five key factors. The interesting thing about this is that if you um, if you Google this stuff, you'll find things that are very external to the business. So they talk about customers and production and regulations and all sorts of things. But I always start with what's the internal part because what I've found is that the business owner is often the most disruptive force in the business. And usually because there's, there's, I suppose you could divide them into two broad categories. So very creative business owners or people who are very left brain and very focused on the details of the business. So mm-hmm. with the creators, creators love to <laughs> create chaos sometimes, um, but, but create um, excitement and interest and they want to keep vital and, and keep everybody on the team engaged. And I had one client who insisted on moving everybody's desks around and changing their jobs regularly because she thought they'd get as bored as she was. So we had to settle her down and help her realise that people did actually like to go to the same desk every day and, you know, pretty much predict what they were going to be doing every day. Yes. And then you get the people who um, who do like that, that steady, that very steady um, – uh, like unpredictable approach mm-hmm, to business, mm-hmm. but they're going to suffer from external disruption because they haven't looked at it from within. So they're going to get sideswiped, whereas the creative people tend to cause their own disruption and that happens in lots of different ways. So they could be constantly you know, introducing new products, changing what they're doing, changing the way they do service, changing everything about the business as much as they can um, just to keep interested and vital. Um, and sometimes it comes from the team. So the internal disruption can come from the team as well. Mm-hmm. So I've coached businesses where the team are unwilling to change or unwilling to do the work and, and simply sabotaging the business. They're just not doing what they're supposed to do. Yes. So that that's the number one thing. It, internal is the most impo- important part of it because if you look at yourself first, 
you can work out where am I being disruptive where it's helping and where am I being disruptive where it's actually causing instability in the business. Mm. I think so. And as business owners, we can often be our own, um, the block, can't we? We can be the the uh, thing that really keeps people stuck. I'm at that stage at the moment with all the podcast production. I know now I've got to get systems in place so that we can take it to the to the next level. So, so what are some of the other things that we need to consider when we're talking about uh, factors of disruption? Okay, so once you've had a look at your business and your internal structure, then have a look at your customers. So from all the research, customers are the next biggest disrupting influence. And, and people often think that it's the competition, but it's not. So look at your customers first and think about what are, what are the, some of the reasons why people do keep dealing with me and why do they change? And so if you're looking at customers now are way more educated than we ever used to be. So we can stand in a store and look at a product and then Google it and find a better price somewhere else and, mm -hmm. we'll, and we'll, we'll walk. We'll go and find it somewhere else. And yes. so we are – customers as such are being really disruptive to the industry, any industry, because they're finding new ways. They're, they're much more educated. They can get online. They can find what they want. And this is part of why, as a business owner, you need to be very um, protective of your reputation and the way you do your service and the way your your uniqueness in your business so that the customers don't they can't compare you to anybody else yes you know you, you've got to be so unique that they can't think oh I can just go and get that from somewhere I'm just that it's just a commodity I'll go get it from somewhere else mm. it's really a case of you really defining your uniqueness so your customers know exactly why they shop with you so customers are very important mm -hmm. and then um, then you look at your competition now, competition, some people think that it's just the same people selling the same things that they do, but it's not. So if you look at the entertainment industry, for example, and let's say you were um, a video store, looking at the, the example of video stores, and a lot of them didn't see the change coming. They didn't understand how it was going to be, that the industry was going to be disrupted to the point where you can get anything on demand online. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're not looking at those those other things, anything other than. So if you're in the entertainment industry, what else could people be entertaining themselves with? They could go to the movies, but they could go to a sports game. They could go to a, you know, a, 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 an event of another sort. They could go and have a barbecue at home. If you look at every single thing that other people could be doing apart from dealing with you and doing what you're offering, then you're actually looking at it properly and finding out what, what people are actually, you know, what the competition is really like. Mm. Um, and then you're looking at um, production and distribution. You know, it's absolutely fascinating to look at this because, you know, we can we can print what we want on a three D printer. Yes. <laughs> we used to we used to think that desktop publishing was an innovation, and it was. It was amazing because all of a sudden it took the whole printing industry out of the hands of printers. But it's evolved so much that everybody can almost be an expert now in printing and most of the businesses evolving in that space are teaching people about the technology and making it easy for people to just produce whatever they want. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's been absolutely fascinating. And then you've got, you know, the core technologies. So core technologies of looking at 
what's coming, what have we what have we had in the past, what's coming, what are we anticipating? And you know, <laughs> I'm old enough to remember Dick Tracy watches. When I was a kid, um, there was a comic strip called Dick Tracy, who was a detective, and he had a watch that he used to be able to communicate with. So it was like a a speakerphone and all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And we have eye watches. You know, it's it. A lot of our innovations come from science, science fiction, and comics, and imaginative people. But if we if we look at technology as a way of working out what people want and how they want it delivered in the future, we can use it to our advantage. But if we don't look at it, if we just stick our fingers in the air of the ears and just pretend it's not happening, um, it will sideswipe you. Yeah, I know. I remember years ago when I actually first started podcasting, that was back in 2008, we were very much, uh, you know, in social media. And I still recall many of my colleagues who were in business said, you know, Facebook, Twitter, you know, all of those social media, they're just a fad. They'll be gone. And now look, now look at what we're, we're at. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I and think it's don't... one of the, those things we just need to, if, if we don't know, we need to, to ask the right questions and find the, the way in which we can um, educate ourselves because it's not going to go away. And, and, and in fact, now we need to keep up. But there's so many exciting things happening that if we don't even understand the basics, it's going to be very difficult for, for us. And I think even I read an, an article um, that was maybe done by the CEO Outlook Report by KPMG. They do one every year, I think. They were saying that if businesses don't, you know, I'm talking about large businesses, and this is relevant to us too, don't embrace a lot of these technological changes, you know, technology and things, that within the next three years, it's just going to be too late because everyone else would have progressed so far, you know, with the other things that are coming into the to the marketplace. So it really is time to, to familiarise ourselves with a lot of the things that you're now talking about, yes? Mm, yes, and and you've got to also think – so it was really fascinating. I was watching something on TV the other night. It was talking about um, garment manufacturers in third world countries, how they mm. get paid a pittance. So they're talking about, you know, they get a few cents, a few dollars a day, whatever it was. And then the next picture <laughs> is of one of these garment workers with a mobile phone. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, mm-hmm. you, you've actually got to work out what, what people will have and what they won't have and what they will, you know, what they will put up with as well. But, but I think the whole social media thing and, and the technology, the online technology thing is absolutely fascinating and you cannot afford to ignore it. So it might turn out that, um, Facebook marketing is not right for your business, but it could turn out that LinkedIn is perfect for your mm-hmm. business or any other uh, avenue. So you can't really afford to cut any of them off. You just need to think about it differently. Yes. And what I absolutely love about small business is that it's flexible, it's agile. You know, mm. we're able to make a decision today, implement tomorrow. Yes. Where you think about the much bigger businesses, it takes a long time to turn that ship around. You know, they they have to do they have to have board meetings, they have to have, you know, studies and and all kinds of crazy stuff that stops progress. And so, you know, in small business, we're so well poised to do this stuff if we can keep our finger on the pulse. And I think that's the hardest part. It's that 
overwhelm of, oh, my God, I have to do all of this now as well. Yeah, and we don't need to do all of it as well. As you said, there may be one particular platform that really suits your purposes much better than others. Learn that, really hone that, make sure it's delivering results, and then look at integrating something else so that, you you know, you're, you're building one upon the other. Just getting back to what you're talking about, your mobile, mobile phones and technology, I've got a couple of colleagues who are in Kenya and, and you know, developing countries. Some of the these um, people because they need to be entrepreneurial they don't have a government who can hand them out benefits if they can't find work to survive they need to be very entrepreneurial Mm. some of them have two or three or maybe even more uh, mobile devices because they're doing business they have to generate an income that way so and even in some developed countries their internet connection is fast faster far you know speedier than what we have here in Australia so if they're using technology to their advantage I think uh, we have no excuse not to at least dip our toe for those of us who, who've not yet gone on to some of those social media and the te- online t- technologies that we have at our, mm. at our yeah. And you know, us. it was fascinating. This, uh, this, this particular news article was talking about this woman hadn't, she only sees her children twice a year but she connects via the mobile phone with them. Yes. And that's really what we're after, isn't it? We really want, we want all of it to have some meaning. Mm. You know, whatever we're doing, we want it to have some meaning. Yes. You know, and in some in some families, that's the way they are connecting with their yeah, with their kids. Right. Anyway, they're in the next room. Can you make a copy? Yeah. You know, can Skype each other or whatever. There, there's other platforms that they use now. So, what would you say then to to an organisation or small business who is listen to what you're talking about today? They really haven't embraced fully, maybe even not even dip their toe into some of the technology and social media. What what would you say to inspire and, and entice them to learn more, Pauline? Um, The first thing before you start uh, branching out into all sorts of different areas and end up in overwhelm, the first thing to do is work out what's my purpose, what am I, why have I got this business, what am I doing here and so if you understand what it is your business is for and, and definitely who it's not for, so who it is for and who it's not for, then it gives you a much more um, it's almost like uh, you have to put the blinkers on to a certain extent and exclude the things that you can't or won't do mm-hmm. and then think about, well, okay, if I can't do those, if I don't want to do those things and if my customers, I always look at it this way, if your customers are driving you to do something that you don't want to do, you won't be happy. So make sure you are heading in the direction you want to be heading in, serving the kind of customers you want to serve, doing the sort of work that's your absolute core genius. You love it. You jump out of bed every day to do that stuff. And then you're engaging your team because they love that stuff as well. Then you've got a much different perspective on how to go forward. Mm. And then you work out, okay, if that's what the core of your business is, then who are our customers? Who are our ideal customers that that love what we do and love our product and love the, the way we do things and we only want to work with them or how do we engage those customers you know are they talking on on social media or would they rather talk to us one-to-one you know what's Mm -hmm. their preferred communication method and so you start it's almost like a selfish approach you have to start with yourself and work out what is it that just lights my fire like what if I if I'm if I'm not enjoying this why would I do it Yes. So you start with what you love, work out who loves what you love and how do you connect with those people and then you work out your channels of how you're going to connect with those people and how you're going to serve them. And you know it's not a numbers game. People will try and tell you you'd have to have lots and lots and lots of followers and people and people on your list and all the rest of it. But mm. ultimately, 
all you really need is a strong following of people who really like what you do yeah, and right. you like serving them and then business becomes much more simple yeah. and way more enjoyable. Oh, it certainly does. And I think that a lot of businesses don't take the time to really define clearly what you've just stepped us through. And that's the, the reason often is, well, we're marketing to um, everybody because everyone can use our services or everyone can use our gizmos and gadgets and products. But as you said, if your message is trying to speak to everyone, we end up speaking to no one because we really haven't taken the time to know what is our ideal customer struggling with? What are they looking for? And we're not communicating that in our message and it often falls on deaf ears, doesn't it? That's right. And and we often, we're overworking because we're trying to compete with everybody else out mm -hmm. there in the marketplace as well. Yeah. And that's just hard work. Oh, that, it and is. You, and you'll never, you, you know, your business is unique. It should be for a core set of customers and live and let live and, and let everybody else do what they're doing, but just focus on what you're doing really well. Yeah. And as we said, you know, with all of the fantastic online technologies and tools, it means there's a lot of noise out there online. And if we haven't really defined where our expertise, where our passion, that message, it's just going to add to the clutter and not really get that cut through. So everything that, you know, you've said is just so very important uh, to be able to, to stand out, be heard, and then obviously be seen by your ideal client. Pauline, how can people get in contact with you and just give us a, an overview of how you can support them? Uh, you can always contact me through my – I've got two business websites because <laughs> one's <laughs> never enough for a creative person. Um, there's paulinebright.com or brightbusiness.net.au and on brightbusiness.net.au you'll find quite a lot of uh, free and um, very available resources to help you with different things. Um, one of the things I love to do is uh, spend a day with a business owner and dive deep into their business. So it's like a full immersion session just mm -hmm. to, to reinvent their business, if you like, and just go through everything and work out what they love, what they don't love, how we're going to go forward, how it's going to make money, how we can scale this business and how we can make a much bigger difference. That's my joy and that's their joy as well. Oh, fantastic. Look, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your insights today. That's my pleasure. Thank you. And that brings us to the end of another show. Please do reach out to Pauline. As you can see, she is just a wealth of knowledge and brings such a, a wealth of background uh, to, to the table too. So reach out and we've got all of the details on the show notes as well. Now that does bring us to the end of another show. And if you'd like to find out more about Business Women Australia and how you can become part of this dynamic collective of leaders and learners so you can gain the knowledge and skills that will enable you to succeed in business, all you need to do is go to businesswomen australia.com.au that's businesswomenaustralia.com.au Hi, this is Anne-Marie. Have you enjoyed listening to this podcast interview and have often thought how awesome it would be to have your very own podcast so you can change the world with your message while become known as an influential voice in your industry, but you just don't know where to start? I've created a special gift just for you. It's my free mini training, Podcasting with Purpose, where I share the key things you need to know to stand out, be heard and influence your audience from your very first podcast. I'm 
also giving you access to my podcast production workflow checklist, where I share what I do step-by-step to create a podcast. I'm also going to give you access to a checklist of no-cost and low-cost tools to get you started. To access my podcasting with purpose mini training, go to www.annemariecross.com forward slash mini training. That's annemariecross.com forward slash mini training.